Bay Hills Community Church is pleased to have you join us as we present the first lesson in our new series, I Pity the Fool. In today's study on living the Christian life and man's foolishness, we're led in a study of anger by Dr. Gil Stieglitz. Join us as Gil points out some very positive antidotes for anger that will help us see the roots of our anger, its impact on our lives and the lives of others, and how to deal with it and the anger of those around us. Hey, I am uh, happy to be here. I wish I wasn't under these particular circumstances in which uh, Dave was really violently sick uh, on the middle of the week, and we're happy that we finally got the diagnosis. We prayed for him, and I hope he's on the road to recovery. I hope he's at home resting. If he's here, you're in trouble. But uh, the, uh, we are encouraged uh, with that. Now, it may be that God had him get sick because this series starts with antidotes for anger, and I am an expert on anger. <laughs> Dave is meek and mild. He wouldn't know what to say. He wouldn't know how to work it through with the passage. Um, I, on the other hand, really probably should have started this message. Hi, my name's Gil. I'm a recovering angeraholic. Uh, and uh, so I, I have lots to talk about. One of the things that we often assume is, is that everybody wants to conquer anger, but that's not true. Many times we don't realize what damage anger does. I have a uh, friend of mine who's a wonderful young lady who is just in 99% of her life one of the most competent workers and wives and parents that you could possibly imagine. And everyone who knows her just says, my goodness, it doesn't get any better than her at work. It doesn't get any better than her at a marriage. It doesn't get any better at uh, home with kids. But... About once a month, she gets upset and verbally vomits on everyone and just spews her anger, her upsetness. And what's caused to happen is, is that she's been fired for a number of jobs. She's on her second, she's finished her second marriage because kind of, you know, that didn't work. And she's trying to look for a third person. Um, and her kids at times really don't know how to handle her in that whole process. Now, what we often tell ourselves in church and in other places is, I'm not an angry person. I just get angry once a month, once a day, once a week, once a year. And we just spew our venom at other people, and we don't realize how it destroys the very thing we want. Now, I, when I was in this church growing up, um, before I became a Christian and and I was a person who, in the early years of my life, discovered anger as a weapon to get my way. And I used it whenever I wanted to get my way, and it worked. The problem was, is it drives people away from you, even while they're giving you what you want. Okay? Now, let me just ask you a question. How many of you like getting your own way? Okay, good, 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 good. The second question is, how many of you ever get angry? Okay. Now, if you raised your hand on the first one and you didn't on the second one, you're lying. But that's a whole other sermon. And we Now, understand that those two ideas are linked together. Getting angry and I want my own way are linked. Because anger is a junior high weapon to get your own way. And... Hopefully, you grow out of it. But also, 
Anger is an addictive substance that we can use like Thor's hammer to drive other people into, away from, what we want. And if we're not careful, we can use it over and over and over again. It would be instructive, but I won't have us raise our hands. How many of you have been angry within the last hour? How many of you have been angry within the last three hours? How many of you have been angry within the last day? How many of you have been angry within the last month? And how many of you have been angry within the last year? Because what happens is you can find out, in fact, when I was, before I became a Christian, I was angry every third of the day at something because I happen to be a person by nature who is hyper reactive. I always know what I want. And I always react very strongly when I don't get it. Does that make sense? And so what happens is if you happen to know what you want. Now, some of you have just kind of you don't know what you want. So you're not angry about the fact you didn't get it. I have an opinion about everything, about what you're wearing, about I have an opinion about everything. I do. But you see, the issues are maturity causes me to say, hey, everybody has the opinion, the opportunity to be wrong. And you're not doing it my way. But and, and I but inside of me, what happens is that it, I can just go, I want my way. I want it. And I react. I can, if I'm not careful, I can react and let it out. Now, everybody has the right to want their way. But it's when that begins to be embraced and then expressed out and used as a weapon. Especially, this is the sad thing. We use it against the people we love the most. We use it against our spouses. We use it against our kids. We use it against the colleagues at work. And basically when we do that, they just go. They start backing up. Now. I'm going to talk with you about some antidotes for anger. There are nine of them listed. Now, let's talk about this first one here, okay? Uh, let's take a look at the scriptures. Ephesians chapter 4, uh, uh, 26 through 32 should be there. Now, let me just read this with you. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not give the devil an opportunity. He who steals must steal no longer, but rather he must labor, performing with his own hands what is good, so that he will have something to share with those who have a need. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification, according to the need of the moment, so that it may give grace to those who hear. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has also forgiven you." Now, see this verse 31 there, let all bitterness and wrath. That is six different ways that we express our anger. Now, what's interesting is, is many people will tell me, well, I'm not angry. And, and yet what I want to help you understand is these are some of them. They're not all, but they're some of the major ways that we, we become angry. The first one there is the word bitterness. This is the word for a putrid kind of seething kind of sense in which you wronged me. You cut me off on the freeway. You stole my business. And I don't want to get over it. I want to let it stew. And you just watch people who let that kind of stew go on in their life. And they just, they just get tighter and they just get, and you just, and, and I remember when uh, it's like the, the, the Greek word is the idea of a putrid stew. 
That's what it's like. And people do that. When I was in college, uh, my roommates and I cooked up this really cool idea to take a thermos jar and put rotten eggs and chocolate and everything that could possibly go bad together and leave it in a thermos for three weeks and then tape it underneath the bleachers in chapel at college. And we would go sit over on the other side and watch what happened. And it was so fun. It was, and you could just see this putridness, just, and people going. And then they would start moving and start getting up. And, and when you're bitter, that's what you're like. Now, you don't necessarily scream or yell, but you just have this kind of putridness about you. And so that's a way that anger sometimes can be in your body. The next one there is the word uh, wrath. This is the person who's just angry at everyone. They're just angry. There's every, and they're just constantly angry. And sometimes some people just kind of take the whole thing. The whole world is against me, and I just gotta show them. And just, now, if that's your deal, you got some issues, and uh, and uh, and you've got to work with that. You've got to figure out. Okay, I'm not gonna get my way, and how do I process that? We're gonna talk about that. The next one is. Anger. He says, let all bitterness, wrath, and anger. This is a very interesting word because it means you're not angry at the whole world. You're just angry at one person. You're just angry at one person. So, like, we just pick Bill right here. Let's say that Bill, I'm angry at Bill, okay? And, and I can be, hi, nice to meet you. Uh, uh, Scott, uh, uh, I'm over here. And, and you just, all of your everything is just, just focused right at Bill. But then everybody else is all nice. Just, ah. And you're fine with everybody else. And it's interesting that the gospel, the, Paul says, there are some times when it's just, you have a frenemy who you'd like to disintegrate with your looks. And uh, that kind of thing. Um, I remember not too long ago, God said, you're doing a little bit too much of that. And so he made me approach the person who I was like that with. And he said, I want you to thank them for all the blessings they've brought into your life. And I thought, this has got to be the devil because this can't be this can't be God. And uh, so anyway, then the next one there, this is my favorite one. It's the word clamor. The Greek word is actually the word karuge, which is the sound the Greeks said was the noise that crows made when crows were crowing. Karuge! And so there are some people who, when they get angry, they're not necessarily angry. They're just kind of, and they go, Bill, could you fix that for me? And Jimmy, could you fix that for me? And come on, I'm not getting my way. Now, some of you have heard that before. And what's happening is, is that that drives people nuts, like fingernails on a chalkboard. And yet, some people find, I get what I want when I do that at home. I get what I want when I do that with my boss or with my underlings. And you just, that, that's just a whole anger issue. Then, then slander, slander, this is the word, interesting in the Greek, is the word diabolos. It actually means devil. But it's the word for serpent-tongued. And you're very nice. You're very kind and you say, oh, man, how don't you know? Let me just share with you some things that you need to know about Bill. And then you just very kindly just slice him up. And then you just, oh, I give some prayer requests to pray for about Bill. And, And Bill doesn't even know he's been sliced up till he drinks water and he leaks. 
It's just, it's just, you have been, and you're just slicing, just slicing. Okay, then the last one there is malice. And malice is the person who never looks angry. This is the person who says to you, oh, I don't get mad, I get even. And I'm just very calm, but you will die. It's coming. And, uh, you know, you will, you will, it will happen. And then you'll just realize that it's me uh, when you wake up in hell. Whatever, you know, and, and it will happen. And there's that sense that there's some people who express themselves that way. Now, what we have to understand is, now let me help you work with this. God is telling us that anger is something that interacts with all of us. And there's a temptation to use it as a weapon to get our way. If you do that, you may get your way in the short term, but you will drive the very people that you want out of your life. You'll drive the very people and the very joy out of your life. So don't go down that road. It's kind of like, Luke, don't go to the dark side. Don't go there. Now, let's go on. First, you have to admit you're angry. The first thing you have to do if you're going to begin to grapple with your anger is you have to say, I am angry. It, you can't say, they made me angry. It's their fault. It's, I'm angry. Yep, I'm angry. Now, look at the scriptures. He says, be angry and yet do not sin. It's not wrong. It's not sinful to be angry. Because we, whenever you and I do not get our own way, it's very easy to get angry. It's very easy. Because, and the more aware you are of what your way is, it's easier it is to get angry. So you just say, I'm angry. I'm, I'm upset. I'm upset. Now, being angry is kind of like having a guitar and having someone, you know, it's all electrified and you're going to play your tune, your melody, and someone comes up and just strums the strings. And you react. The guitar just gives off a sound. So, when you're moving through life, you're trying to do your thing, you're trying to drive on the freeway, you're trying to get your job done, and someone comes in and goes, then you, and it, it's okay to be angry in the inside. It's okay to go, I didn't get my way. I didn't get my way. So you have to admit, right now, I'm angry. It's not that they're a bad person, it's that I'm upset. Okay, that's the first thing. It says, be angry, but don't sin. Admit that you are angry. All anger be begins as an emotional reaction to unmet expectations. When I drive the freeway, I have an unmet expectation that everyone would realize I'm on the freeway, would slow down, pull over to the right. <laughs> and even this morning, coming in, bless her heart, there was a whole bunch of people who seemed to have the same idea. And they just pull in front of you and slow down. And I, a couple times I went, and I realized, okay, fascinating. And I'm learning to just go, fascinating. You don't realize who I am or what's going on. And, and so I would pull over and go around them and I would just, and it's okay to just go, what is this fascinating? Sometimes my, my children, I know this is hard for you to believe, sometimes my children don't do what I want. And, and, and I just, I just go, okay, somehow I had an expectation that you would clean your room and we could see the floor. And, and instead of me being, I can go, I, I'm upset with this. I'm, I'm angry. That w I have to grapple with the fact that it's unmet. I was, one time I was going to the airport and I remember I was pulling in and there was one of those buses that was going to take you from the parking lot to the thing. And 
I was trying to get my stuff out so I could get on the bus. And I was pulling, it wasn't coming, and, and, I was, and I was beginning to get really upset. And I began to realize, oh, I have an expectation that the bus should stop and the whole airport should come to a halt until my stuff is done. And the bus pulled away without me. And I had to realize I have an unmet expectation and it's causing the strings of my life to ring, ring, ring. Is this okay? So you just got to say, guess what? I'm having an emotional reaction right now to the way things are going. It's called anger. It's okay. It's okay. It's not, it's not sin to have that. It happens. People don't realize that they should do all that I want. Okay? Most of our anger is selfishness, lack of leadership, or boundaries. We'll get into that. Anger is not sin until it is embraced and expressed. It doesn't become sin when you feel it. It becomes sin when you go, yes, and you're the vault, and you're the problem. See, it becomes sin when you take those vibrations of someone's not doing it my way, and you go, yes, and then you go, that's when it becomes sin. So you got to grab hold of it. Okay, now, I'm having fun. I don't know whether anybody else is. Okay. Now, anger is addictive. If you're not careful, you will use anger to get your own way, and you will become addicted to it. In fact, I, there have been periods of my life where I've said, okay, have I been sober from anger for a day? <laughs> have I been sober from anger for two days or three days? And I can, and so, okay, so I had to get one of those little chips, okay? I've went five days without being angry. And uh, I've went ten days without being angry. Because anger is addictive if you're not careful, okay? Because it will make everybody else move away from you. Okay, now, let's go on. Um, delay any expression of anger. Delay any expression of anger. Be angry and yet do not sin. Remember I said it's not sin to feel anger. It's, it's sin when you embrace it and then express it. Now, this is where this whole idea of count to ten came from, count to a hundred. Do something that causes you to not take the vibrations of I did not get my own way and to spit them out at other people. Count to ten, count to a hundred. Um, we have a rule in our home that my wife and I have worked through, which we call the two-hour to two-day rule. And it goes like this. If she's angry with me, and she always has lots of reasons because I'm oftentimes not doing what I'm supposed to, or if I'm ever angry with her, and it's happened four times it, that I've been righteously able to be upset with her in, in our 23 years, um, if, then what we do is we say, okay, wait two hours before you say anything. Because right now, I'm the, the guitar strings are strumming too hard. Whoa, whoa, wait two hours before you talk about it. If at the end of two hours, we're calm enough to be able to talk about it without having the strings go up again, then we can talk. But if I'm not, or if she's not, then we wait two days. And at the end of two days, then usually I'm calm. Usually I can't even remember what it is, so I don't bring it up. Okay, that's most of the problem. It's like, I can't even remember what I was upset about. I remember being upset, but I don't remember what it was about. So if I can't remember what it was, I can't have a conversation because all I'm remembering is how upset I was. 
So I wait two hours or two days. She waits two hours or two days. And it's been great. And sometimes you can just tell, oh, they're waiting. <laughs> because There's something, but they're not ready because they're way too emotional. Okay? And uh, now, let, let's go. Write a letter to a person you will never send. Abraham Lincoln used this process. If he was angry with the general or whatever else, he'd write a scathing letter. Oh, you stupid general. And how come he didn't attack this person? How come he didn't do that? And then he would never send a letter. In fact, we know that because when he was assassinated, they went into his desk and they found a number of unsent letters that were scathing letters to generals that he never sent. He never intended for them to ever see them. But unfortunately, now they're in print. But they do tell us what he was thinking when he had an idiot general or when he didn't get his way or whatever else. Now, my family, we use this all the time. When something happens where somebody's upset, we will... We will write a letter, we will type an email, but never hit send. Never hit send, okay? And uh, here's the general rule is never send an email if you're upset at least until two or three days have passed and you can then reread it and rechange it and work with it. Does this make sense? Delay your expression, okay? Now let's go on. Fill your mind with scripture. Fill your mind with scripture. Let me show you the verse here. Um, in Colossians chapter 3, 15 and 16, uh, the Apostle Paul is telling us, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body and be thankful. Let the word of Christ ritually dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing with one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your heart to the Lord. What you often have to do is distract your mind and your feelings with something else and bring the peace of God, invite the peace of God in. Now, here's generally how I would do it. And let me just show you this. When I'm upset and I'm feeling I did not get my way when I'm driving the freeway or when my kids don't pick up their room or when something doesn't go my way at work or whatever else, I will take a deep breath. And while I'm feeling the emotion, I will then repeat a phrase of scripture as I'm exhaling, and it might be, be angry and do not sin. It might be any one of these phrases. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth. Um, do not, down at the bottom, do not be eager in your heart to be angry. Uh, a man's discretion makes him slow to anger. Um, I often will say, James chapter 1, be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Just be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. You have to have something that substitutes your anger, your emotion, your I want my way and I want it now with something else. Now, this next one is evaluate your anger. There's usually all anger comes from unrealistic or unmet expectations. But let's take a look at kind of three other places to go. Be angry and yet do not sin. And yet he's saying examine it. Take some time. Slow it down. Do not let the sun go down upon your anger. Give it some time to evaluate. Anger usually comes from selfishness. In other words, I expected X to happen and it didn't happen. I have an unrealistic expectation. Have you ever said to yourself or to others about your kids, they know better than to do that. The reason why you're upset is because they're not doing what they know better which means, interestingly enough, that they don't know better. You think they do, but they don't, right? And uh, so 
What I've found is every time I'm upset, it often, most of the time, comes from an unrealistic expectation. I have an expectation that I can have seven books in my hand, a cup of tea on the top, walk around the house, talk to people, and not spill anything. And then when it all goes... (laughs) I had an unrealistic expectation that, that gravity wouldn't work while I was walking around the house. Does this make sense? Now, so... Most of our anger comes from selfishness. I want my way. Now, let me me just give you a clue. You can't build a great life on that impulse. Many times you do get to get your way, but if you're going to have a great marriage, if you're going to have great kids, if you're going to have a great workplace, you have to adapt and bend and stretch to other people, right? Some of you don't want to admit that, okay? Or you're hoping that if you don't say anything, this will be over faster, okay? (laughs) Let let me just hope you understand. You can't build a great marriage unless it's give and take. You can't build a great family unless it's give and take. You can't have a great workplace unless there's give and take. And that comes from you, not demanding your own way, okay? Now, boundary issues... I expected other people to stop before they did this. In other words, I expected that person to not cut me off on the freeway. I expected there to be, you know, three feet of space between me and this other person. And sometimes when people invade your boundaries, you get upset. Okay? And then a lack of leadership, I expect people to perform or to do things a particular way. Now, let me just talk to parents. Kids won't necessarily like this, but let me just talk to parents for a second. My wife and I talk about the fact that If we're angry and the kids are not, that means they won. Whoever is angry is who's winning. And so, because my wife, she wants to have peace all the time. She's this incredibly godly, peaceful person. And I said, if the girls are always peaceful and you're upset, they're winning. And so it's, it's right, it's helpful at times for you to say, now let me help you understand. This is the way it's going to be. And when they get upset, I say to her, you won. This is good. This is good. It's not wrong for the kids to at times be upset. In fact, sometimes if they're going to be successful in life, they need to have someone lead them, put a boundary around them, and to have them not get their way. Okay? And, hey, I love you, but you're not winning on this one. (laughs) Okay. And uh, so... uh, we just had to talk with our 13-year-old, you know, about the whole boys thing and what boys are up to and all that kind of stuff. It was fun. We just had a great time. It's just great. Now, do something positive with your hands. Do something positive. Look at this next verse here. Now, this is an odd thing. Most people don't think it has to do with anger, but all the verses ahead of it were about anger and all the verses after it were about anger. And I think there's a reason this is in here. Ephesians 4.28 says, he who steals must steal no longer. He's talking about people who steal kleptomaniacs and people who steal and go to the grocery store and steal candy bars, all that kind of stuff. But rather, he must labor with his own hands, performing what is good so that he may have something to share with the one who has a need. Now, he's dealing clearly with stealing, but he's also still within the larger context of dealing about anger. Okay, People who steal often are angry, that kind of thing. But basically what he's saying is one of the techniques that will help you with your anger is be busy with your hands doing something productive. And that instead of getting angry and yelling or screaming, go 
build something, cut something, do something that's productive, you know, play music, uh, play a video game in which you kill demons or aliens or whatever else it is. Whatever it is, do something constructive with your hands because if your hands are busy, your anger has a hard time being expressed. Does this make sense? Okay. Now, one of the other things he says here, which is very, very crucial, it was a crucial technique for me, so that he will have something to share with one who has a need. When you're angry with someone, the, one of the best things you can do is to give them a gift. Because it just torpedoes your anger. I remember, I remember my wife, when she was going to, for a master's program, she would have me watch the kids and I'd be home and stuff, you know. And, and sometimes she would enjoy so much being out and, you know, hobnobbing with intellectual people other than myself and the kids that she would stay out, you know. And she would, and I would think, oh, she's supposed to be home. And, and I was getting, and I thought, and I, so she would come home regularly and I would be upset at her. And, and so I discovered that if I got upset, if I was getting upset at her, the best thing I could do, and this is really weird, I would take all the kids, we'd go and buy her a gift, which is the exact opposite of what I wanted to give her. <laughs> Does this make sense? And, and so when she came home, I would present her with a new robe or some slippers or some inexpensive little chocolates or something. Hey, it's so great to have you back. And what was interesting was I was so excited about giving her the gift that it destroyed the anger. Now, it doesn't work every time, but what many times is God uses that. I just tell you, sometimes you try that and you're still upset. Does that make sense? That's why God's given us nine of them here, okay? He said, try this one and, okay, next. Try this one and next. Because and, here's the deal. If you allow anger to destroy the life you're trying to build, it's on you. Because Jesus has given you these tools drills and hammers and other things to to fix this don't 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 destroy your life because you're expressing that you didn't get your own way don't do that find another way one of the other things is when you feel as though i'm not getting my way you have to begin to see, realize, instead of expressing it the way I want, I'm not getting my way. Do what I want, Bill. Come on. Do this and do this. And instead of doing that, uh, it's speak affirming, supportive, encouraging. In Ephesians 4.29, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification, according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. Grace is the desire and power to move forward. Now, one of the things that you have to grab a hold of is your anger is often expressed verbally. And what God is saying is, if you want to grow up and have the kind of marriage you want, the kind of kids you want, you can't just yell at them. You can't just express your anger and say, Rah! you have to. Let no unwholesome words. So what you say to yourself is, inside of me, I'm feeling a whole lot of unwholesome words. <laughs> have you ever felt that? I, oh, a lot of unwholesome words. And, uh, and, uh, and some of you even have words I've never even heard of uh, that are unwholesome. And I don't want to know them, uh, you know, kind of thing. And what he's saying is, when you feel all those words and rangity, rangity, blankety, blankety, blue, just don't express those. But instead, he said, 
but only such a word as is good for edification. How do I build this person up so that they can make a better choice the next time or they can do it the way I want, if that's appropriate, or we can go somewhere together? Now, sometimes what I have to do is I have to take a step back and I have to just say, God, I got a lot of unwholesome stuff going on inside my head. And before I can talk to this person, I need to think, what are some good things I can say to this person? What good outcome do I want to have happen? How do I move this forward in a positive way? And sometimes when, when my kids were really small and I got very upset at them, I would go and control myself with every ounce of energy I had and help them get to their room and close the door and say, I will come back when I can talk civilly to you. And so I sometimes I'd be gone an hour. And then I would come back and I'd say, now let's talk. What did you do? Was it the right thing or the wrong thing? And we talked and how do I build them up? Many times we get in trouble because the moment, the moment we get angry, we get something inside of ourselves, it slides right out our mouth. My fourth grade teacher said to me, you have a slide connected between your brain and your mouth and every thought you have slides right out with no controls. She was right. And, and, and praise the Lord for Mrs. Howe, who's gone on to glory at this point. And, but I, when I invited Jesus and I said, God, could you stop the little thoughts from climbing the stairs to the slide and right up? And you have to figure out how do I say something positive instead of all the negative unwholesome things. Now, let me show you this next one. I just put some things in here, 27 things not to say to your spouse. I told you so. You think that's constructive, but they never get the message, okay? You're just like your mother. You're always in a bad mood. You just don't think. It is your fault. What's wrong with you? All you ever do is complain. Now, look over on the other side. Can't you do anything right? That was stupid. Now, by the way, so, don't save this list and then just say, I won't even say it, just number 27. Number 16. You don't want to use this list, okay? So let me get to the next list. Good job. You are wonderful. Now, let me, let me talk on good job for just a second. One of the greatest things that helped me as a parent, I read an illustration of a woman who was raising a little boy and she'd ask him to get the milk out of the, out of the refrigerator. He got the milk out and on his way back to the table, he spilled it and the thing was a glass thing and it broke all over the kitchen. And she said, this helped me so much. She said, my goodness, you've made a wonderful mess. Now, why don't we play in it for a while because we're going to have to clean it up, but since you've made it, why don't we make sure that there's no glass in there, but let's just have fun. And so she let her son play in it, and she basically said, you've done a great job making a mess. Now let's figure out how to clean it up. And so I thought, boy, that, and that helped me. There was a number of times when my kids made a spectacular mess. And I remembered that little thing, and I thought, you've made a great mess. Why don't we just enjoy it? And then try and clean it up before your mother finds it. So anyway, and then um, I don't feel complete without you. You come first in my life. I'm glad I married you. I always love you. Um, just 
there are so many positive things you can say. Now, sometimes, let me help you understand. Sometimes you're not feeling 100% you complete me. You need to think of the 10% and say, you do complete me. And you think on the positive side over here. Okay? Now, we're having fun with that, but you're not listening fast enough. So let's go on. Obey the promptings of the Holy Spirit. If we're going to conquer anger, we invite Jesus into our life and say, please forgive me of my anger and my struggles with this stuff. And I want to go forward. And it's not just that I have to sit here and hold back my anger. I have to do something instead of my anger. I have to do something else. And that's a key thing for me. Instead of saying, I'm not going to be angry. I'm not going to be angry. I'm not going to be angry. What are you only thinking about if you're standing there saying, I'm not going to be angry? Anger. So what you have to do is you have to say, every time I'm being tempted to let my rage out, let the beast loose. (laughs) We have to listen for the promptings of the Holy Spirit because he's talking to us. Now, let me show you this in the verse. Okay. He says in Ephesians 4.30, the same passage, he says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Do not not grieve him. Because if you let the anger build, because you will be angry, and then you embrace it and express it, that will grieve the Holy Spirit. Instead of doing that, do this. I pray a little prayer that's something like this. Lord Jesus, I'm struggling with the fact that right now my expectations are not being met. Um, I wanted something. It's not happening. I'm, I'm ticked. What do you want me to do other than get angry? Now, here's, I used to pray just that one, and now I've added something to it, and it's a little bit different. I go through the fruit of the Spirit, and I say, fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Lord, how do you want me to love right now? And I pause, and What's interesting is, is that the Lord will put a picture in my head. He'll just say something to me. Usually it's like, and I hate this, but he'll give me a picture like the dishwasher. And I'll think, oh, that means I'm supposed to empty it. Um, or a vacuum cleaner. Or I'll have to go like of something, I, some chore I did. He just, boom. How do you, Lord, how do you want me to be joyful right now? He'll usually give me a picture of someone to call or, or uh, an idea of something that I should do that would be joyful. And I'll go right Who do you want me to love? Who do you want me to be joyful? How do you want me to be peaceful? I was doing this the other day, and I was just walking, and I said, Lord, how do you want me to be peaceful? And he just gave me this picture, just just relax every part of your body. I'm relaxed, God. I'm really relaxed right now. And he just, and he just, just, and he just, here's the deal. It's still short bursts, and God, the Holy Spirit, is alive. He wants to speak to you, and he wants you to do little things, because here's the deal. If you're doing this... You can't be doing this. And this is expressing your anger. You are angry. Let's just admit, you are. But if you do this, you're not. And this is where God just, 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 Lord, which, how do you want me to love? How do you want me to be joyful? And go through any of the fruit of the Spirit and just listen, and God will speak to you. Isn't that cool? Okay, let's try that again. Okay, wait a minute now. Because that side's not very spiritual. I'll just talk to this side. (laughs) Isn't it exciting that God is alive and if you ask him in the moment of your temptation, he will tell you what to do instead of getting angry? Oh, see how spiritual this side over here is? Wow. Wow. Now, 
What I want to help you understand is there is no way that we can solve all of your anger issues or even mine in one sermon. But God wants to have us make progress in the direction of how often we get angry, how often we try and selfishly get our way. Now, there are nine things in this passage. Now, if you ask Pastor Dave, he knows them all. And if you ask Terrence, he also knows them all. Here's the deal. We're all on a journey in which we ask Jesus Christ to come in and to make us new creatures. And there are times when we have allowed the fact that we didn't get our own way to be expressed very forcefully out to others, either in putridness, in malice, in gossip and slander, in wrath to everyone or just at Bill. And we need to say, I need to cut that off because let me tell you, I have watched wonderful people I know, dear people I love, destroy marriage after marriage. Children have run away from parents. Why do children run away from home? Often it's because someone's abusing them or one or both parents cannot control their anger. Now, or the kid can't. There's just an anger issue there. And if this is an issue for you, or if you're unwilling to admit that anger is an issue, but you notice that no one wants to hang around you very long, then seek some help. Ask the pastor. There's counselors that the church has. Ask, how does Jesus want to come in and let me be better at this? Because there are people who knew me in high school who cannot believe the change Jesus has made in me now. And, hey, I'm not healed. I'm recovering. I'm in recovery. And I will be until Jesus takes me home because I feel it intensely every time I don't get my way. But more and more people don't know that because I actually look calm. Shocking, shocking. (laughs) Okay, now let's go on. Cut off your usual way of expressing anger. Now, this is why this verse is here. We talked about it a little bit, but show them the verse again. Uh, This is let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander and all malice, all getting even. He says, let it all go away. Get it away from you. You will be tempted. All of us have favorites. In fact, let's just, how many of your favorite thing is to just kind of cook a bitterness stew? Okay, just let nobody hear about us. Okay, good, good, good. Some of you are... Okay, how many of you, your favorite thing is just to be mad at everybody? Okay, good, good, good. Amen. I, I, okay, how many of you, you just directed at Terrence? No, I mean at someone. Okay, how many of you just, just are, okay, good, good. A few people are pointing right at Terrence. That's good. No, okay. And then how many of you are experts or know how to karuge? Karuge! Ah! Okay, now if we ask how many of you know someone, that more hands would go up with with pointing, right? Okay. And then how many of you, how many of you, you know how to cut people with your tongue? Okay, good. See, see, it's a skill. It's a skill. We don't want you to bring it out very often, but it's a skill. Okay. You, okay. Now, how many of you, you don't get mad. You just get even. Okay. Very good. Very good. Okay. A few of us. Now, here's the deal. What the scripture tells us is 
All of us have favorites. It's like, I, I like an AK-47, I like a hand grenade, I'm a little bit more of a revolver guy, but whatever, you know, whatever, I have weapons I like. And what God is telling us is, you need to know yourself. And you need to know, because see, somebody says, oh, don't be angry. Well, to the person who slanders, they're saying, oh, I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem at all. Let me tell you something you could pray about for so-and-so, though. And, and then you just slice, 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 slice. And, uh, and the other person said, I don't have a problem with anger. I just have a hoarse voice all the time because people don't do things right. And, and so you, you, you have things you're tempted to. Now, let me help you understand. The devil will tempt you first in the areas that you always give in on. Until you prove you will not be a karuge or a slanderer or an angry person, he will not switch techniques. Does this make sense? So you have to say, okay, God, I just, let me just confess, I like bitterness. I like cooking a bitter stew. I like that. Or I like getting revenge. I really do. I just, it just pleases me so much. And, or I like slandering people. Or, or I'm very good at irritating sounds. Um, or, or, you know, or whatever. Or I like v- verbally vomiting on people until they do what I want. And you have to say, God, rescue me from my natural tendencies. Now, if you're unwilling to embrace reality, and reality is all of us have a technique we like, you will never make progress because you'll think it's not really about you. You'll think it really doesn't, well, that's my husband, that's my wife, or that's Terrence, or it's someone else, or whatever. (laughs) Terrence is not going to sit in the front row anymore. I love Terrence. He's great. Now, what, what you have to grapple with in this thing is anger is going to, if it has not already, damaged or destroyed your relationships. People back up from people who cannot handle their anger. Everybody's angry, but they just go. They just get away. They fire you if they can. They get a different marriage. They get to go run away from the home. They do all kinds of... Let's, let's move along. The fruit of the Spirit is what God would have you do on the other side. Rather than be angry. Because you can't just stand there and think, I won't be angry. I won't be angry. I won't be angry. I won't be angry. I'm not going to be angry. Because the more you talk about what you won't be, the more you're thinking about what you are. Okay? So you have to say, Lord Jesus... How do you want me to love? Now, this new thing that I've started uh, is just kind of a fun thing. I just say, Lord, how do you want me to love today? And I just pause and let the Holy Spirit bring something to mind. Now, what he's been doing lately, I I really, I struggle with it because God's alive. I'll say, Lord, how do you want me to love today? And he'll give me a picture of the dishwasher. And I'll think, really? Couldn't we do something more exciting than that? Because I, I would never naturally think of the dishwasher. It's like, it's not in my purview. So that usually means that God wants me to go help my wife by unloading the dishwasher. And then I'm kind of trying to make sure, am I going to get any points for this or anything like, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I empty the dishwasher and then, and then she'll tell, oh, you emptied the dishwasher. Oh, whoa, it's great. And okay, I get all kinds of points. Okay, the other day I, I was, I was said, okay, Lord, how do you want me to love today? And 
I was walking around looking for my wallet at a particular place in the house where I leave it. And there was all this popcorn that I had left. And, and it was like the Lord said, he just let me focus on it. Look at that. And it's like, oh, you want me to clean that up? And uh, it's like, oh, oh. And I went, oh. And then, you know, kind of a vacuum cleaner picture came to my head. So I went, oh, so I, I okay. And rather than get upset that I couldn't find my wallet at the right time or whatever, I go and I get the vacuum cleaner. I plug it in, I, scoring major points. <laughs> vacuum, all this kind of stuff. And what's interesting is when you are doing what Jesus wants you to do, you are kind of sucking the life out of the anger. When I prayed, Lord, how do you want me to have joy? He'll give me a picture of someone. Like, hey, go hang out with Terrence. Go enjoy this person. Go do that. And, and so and this is a person who's going to, okay, cool. And so I'll call that person. I'll go interact with that person. And see, God is alive. And if you ask him, he'll direct you. Because he wants the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Lord, how do you want me to... I was walking the dog the other day, and I just said, Lord, how do you want me to have peace? Because, you know, I'm kind of like, I'm peaceful. I'm really peaceful. And I was going through some stuff I was praying about. And, and, and I was like, Lord, how do you want me to have peace? And he just gave me a picture of me walking really peaceful. And I thought, this is cool. So I did it. I thought, this, I thought whoa, this is different, you know. And I thought, and I was like, people are, that guy walks his dog really weird. (laughs) And I just, I don't know what God will prompt you, but that's what he wants to do instead of you being angry. Okay, now let's do some action steps. (sighs) Admit you're angry, delay an expression of anger, fill your mind with scripture, evaluate your anger, do something positive with your hands, speak affirming, supportive, encouraging, gentle words. Obey the promptings of the Holy Spirit and cut off your typical way of expressing anger. Let me just ask you a question. How many of you, in what you've heard or what you've seen, can, can sense that God wants you to do at least one thing different because of this sermon? Okay. A few folks? Okay, good, good, good. All right, good. Revival's about to break out. Okay. This sermon will mean nothing except we had fun unless you do some of these things. You have to this week actually try this one and see if that works for you. Now, there are some that will work for Terrence that won't work for you. There are some that's going to work for you and not for him. So you just say, okay, Lord, I'm going to try this one. I'm going to try that one. And I'm going to try this one. But the key thing is stop trying to get your own way by erupting on people. Whatever your method is, stop that. Now, We're going to pray, and we're going to pray about two things. One, those things that God is asking you to do, one of those. But there also may be some folks here who have never, ever asked Jesus Christ into their life to be their Savior and to be their Lord. Now, let me tell you, I, as a young man, had a very hard problem with anger, and I didn't make any progress with it until I invited Jesus Christ into my life to take over my life. Now, I'm, like I said, I'm not healed. I'm still in recovery. And he's still working through things with me. But the change is phenomenal. And it's way beyond anything I could ever do. So I'm going to ask that some, if you have never become a Christian, that you may want to pray a prayer that says, Dear Jesus, I, I realize I'm a sinner and I'd like you to come be my Savior. Come into my life and make me the kind of person you want me to be. And if that's where you want to pray, then you can do that. So let's bow in prayer and just tell God what we need to do. 
Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus, and pray that as you have grappled with some of us on this issue of how we've been damaging our family, we think it's that they're all the problems, but no, it's us. Because we've been spitting out our anger or stewing up a bitterness stew or, or we've been clamoring and, and raging at people. Um, Father, that's not the way to build a great life and you're trying to help us. Father, may we commit to you that we will try this thing, fill our mind with scripture or keep our hands busy and give gifts instead of anger um, and that we would be willing to stop falling for the temptation of our favorite way of anger. Work with us, God. May we admit to you that we're angry. May we, may we want to, to change our lives and become people who accomplish great things as you work in our lives. Father, I also pray for those who have never trusted Jesus Christ before, that they would pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I want you to become my savior and pay for my sins. Come into my life and make me the kind of person you want me to be. Thank you for paying for my sins. In Jesus' name, amen. It's our hope that today's podcast has enriched your life and answered questions you may have had. If you'd like more information about what was said in this podcast or about Bay Hills Community Church, you can reach us on the Internet at www.bayhills.net. Bay Hills, located in El Sobrante, California, is radically committed to reaching the unchurched in the Bay Area and to developing believers into fully devoted followers of Christ. Thanks again for listening.